I'm Howard Baruxas, and I am a partner with Valenta based in Miami, Florida. Hey, my name is Jake Day. I'm a managing partner with Valenta, and I'm based in Arkansas and also cover the Georgia market as well. Welcome to our podcast titled 2.0 Weekly. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about uh, some updates in terms of what happened in the world of digital transformation this week. And we'll also talk a little bit about some updates on what happened in Valenta this week. Sound like a good agenda, Jake? Yeah, it sounds great. I'll get us started. All right, perfect. All right. Yeah, uh, going through some of our technology partners this week, I found some pretty interesting articles. A couple from UiPath in particular, uh, one uh, covering one of my favorite topics. Uh, the name of the article is called Unlocking the Benefits of Citizen Developer Automation Programs. This is something that I'm becoming more and more passionate about because what this does is it gives the ability uh, to put automation tools directly into the hands of people who do the work and who know what needs to be automated. A lot of times these are going to be automations that might be a lower priority for IT departments, but it's a big priority for uh, people who are actually doing the work, uh, and sometimes uh, business units actually in the organization. And so uh, this article really talks about how everyone in an organization can be a part of that automation uh, journey through these business-sponsored citizen developer programs. Uh, just to define what a citizen developer is, it's a non-technical employee equipped with the skills to create uh, simple automations. That's how the article uh, defines it. Uh, citizen developer programs, what they do is, like I said, they get automation into the hands of a wide user base who typically know what the problems are and can tackle what the article calls the long tail of potential automation benefits within the organization. Just like in marketing, where they talk about the long tail and how much value is sometimes trapped in the long tail, that same concept is applied uh, to automation. And so uh, they have a really good case study as well from the US Air, Air Force, who actually uses a uh, citizen developer program, talks about uh, in the case study that about 20% of the, uh, of the tasks that were originally a part of their human workload um, through their citizen automation, uh, citizen developer program is now being covered by bots. So it's a really good article, definitely check it out. Uh, another article that I found, uh, how automation enables companies to meet sustainability objectives. Uh, sustainability, uh, it's a big topic of conversation uh, in companies and organizations. So this article talks about how automation helps organizations really do three things, uh, achieve their environmental, social, and governance objectives. It's also going to speed up green initiatives, which is becoming more important. And also it talks about how automation reduces a, a company's carbon footprint, which I found really interesting. And so I think our listeners will definitely want to check that out. Uh, Hopstack. My friends at Hopstack had a really good article this week as well um, called Hopstack's Multi-Warehouse Management Module. A lot of our uh, clients have multiple warehouses and there's a lot of complexity uh, that comes into managing um, you know, multiple warehouses and such. So this article is all about how Hopstack solves uh, for the lack of visibility into multiple warehouse locations and automates order routing, inventory allocation, uh, multi-level analytics, a whole lot more. So definitely, if your organization has multiple warehouses, 
absolutely check that out. One of my favorite articles from the Hopstack uh, team this week was they have a complete guide to managing an automated warehouse. So if you're maybe new, if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you're uh, kind of new to the concept of the automated warehouse, it's a very good, thorough art article that can get anyone up to speed uh, very quickly on what this whole concept of the automated warehouse is about. Uh, talks about uh, what is warehouse automation, types of warehouse automation, and also the different automation technologies that are specific to warehouses, specific problems that automation can solve uh, in the warehouse, how to implement and, uh, and automate, uh, well, how to implement what they call an automated warehouse model, which I found was pretty innovative, and also some of the challenges, best practices, and then also benefits of adopting this model. And then the last uh, group I want to highlight are friends over at coversite.ai. Uh, they had a, a good article on the top three advances in digital transformation supply chain uh, that you need to know in 2022. And what it's going to talk about is this concept of developing a supply chain control tower, uh, which is um, it's a good way to manage your warehouse uh, from kind of a holistic perspective. Kind of think of it as air traffic control, except for warehouse. Uh, they also talk about how they uh, you can incorporate conversational uh, AI uh, into your supply chain uh, processes. And then the last piece that it touches on in this article is centralizing data uh, for improved decision making. What's interesting is they're using uh, bots to, when we talk about centralized data, we're not just talking about internal data. That's what a lot of uh, organizations do. They want to consolidate all their internal data for decision-making. You definitely want to do that, but it becomes very powerful when you can also have bots that are going to external resources where appropriate, pulling in that data in an automated, oftentimes real-time fashion so that even better decisions can be made by uh, the management team. Uh, so another great article. Uh, we'll have the links to all those in the show notes. Um, but yeah, those are a uh, few of the articles I found. Howard, what'd you find this week? Oh, you know, I found a bunch. Those were good ones. So thanks for bringing those up. Um, I found some stuff from a few different vendors. So I, I had a few interesting things from Smartsheets, Zoho, Yellow AI, and also Tableau, which of course is now part of Salesforce. Um, you know, for Smartsheets, uh, they recently announced that they've got a module for integration between Smartsheets and SharePoint, and that goes way beyond, you know, just linking, you know, uh, files or articles or stuff like that or action items, but it was a much tighter integration, and reading about that made me really realize that uh, the Smartsheets storage is um, what Teams uses and is really like shared storage and the OneDrive is really for your own personal storage. But uh, it was a good article. I'm not doing it justice here, but th that integration was great. Uh, for Zoho, I found two things that I thought were interesting this past week. Uh, Zoho was also recently named to a Gartner Magic Quadru Quadrant, and that was for analytics and BI. And, uh, you know, they were named in uh, the Gartner's Magic Quadrant along with uh, companies like Tableau from Salesforce, Oracle, Tibco, SAP, MicroStrategy, and AWS. But they were really the only company in the quadrants that is really focused on SMBs mostly. 
I mean, Soho does have some large enterprise customers, but they have a ton of SMB clients like us. So I thought it was very interesting that they were on that chart um, with that focus that they have that's very similar to us. They also had a very good, nice article about marketing automation, and it really touched upon personalizing communication based on where people are in a sales funnel. They talked about omni-channel marketing. They also talked about lifecycle marketing. They talked about AI-enabled chatbots, and they talked about retargeting without tracking uh, using cookies and stuff like that, which is a real challenge for marketers these days. And then finally, I talked a bit about uh, mobile optimized content. Um, from Yellow AI, they had two really interesting articles, and uh, it was about two segments that, you know, one was obvious to me and, and one maybe wasn't that would be a good user for conversational AI uh, from vendors like uh, Yellow AI. The first one that wasn't obvious to me was educational institutions, and they, they spent quite a bit of time talking about how um, intelligent chatbots and conversational AI could be used in an educational environment and really talked about virtual tutoring, student engagement, student support, uh, basically a chat bot, a smart chat bot enabled with conversational AI being a teacher's assistant or an administrative assistant. And then also uh, doing feedback collection, which you might anticipate as well, but I'd really not thought about conversational AI in that, that sector before it, but it made a lot of sense after reading the article, especially after the pandemic that we've been through, I'm sure it drove a lot of innovation. The other thing that they talked about and another article that they wrote that caught my eye and, you know, it is more of an obvious use of conversational AI was for the insurance industry, but it was a very good kind of run through of how the insurance industry could use conversational AI. And they, they talked about customer engagement, talked about claims processing, talked about payment collection as well, um, talked about lead generation, cross-selling and upselling of existing clients using chatbots and basic customer support, but it was really super well laid out and uh, very interesting. And I would encourage everybody to go back and you know check that out, if, especially if you're in that industry. And then the final one that caught my eye this week was something from Tableau. And they published a really interesting article about how to use Tableau for mapping and geographical analysis. And I'd never really given much thought to this, but this article was a pretty good primer on how Tableau addresses that. It also had a lot of uh, links to other articles that Tableau has published about uh, geographic mapping and, and that type of thing. And I come from a space, uh, the telco space, uh, multi-channel service operators, cable providers, stuff like that, where it was always very interesting to look at things, look at performance based on a geographic area. So, you know, this was very interesting to me. And I actually had some customers actually in the Atlanta area where you are. Jake, that were super interested in using Tableau uh, as operators. So those were some of the things that caught my eye. Um, but yeah, it was a big week. And those are just some of the highlights. Um, Jake, could you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your practice uh, lately in terms of like what's your like Valenta highlights for the week? Yeah, I've got a lot going on uh, this week. Uh, I do have uh, one client um, helping to do some work on uh, ERP system that they're implementing. And uh, one of the things that you know, and I've done some research on this as well, not with this client, but with other clients as well. When you talk about ERP systems, I think there's a, a misconception that when you implement an ERP system, it's going to solve all the problems in your organization, right? A lot of times that's how it's sold. 
but it doesn't. And there's actually a lot of uh, opportunity for automation to clean up some of those processes on the back end that maybe didn't get um, automated as a part of the, uh, the, the implementation. And so um, finishing up the implementation actually uh, over uh, the course of uh, the next month or two, uh, but I think there's gonna be some opportunity down the road, uh, not just for potentially this client, but for any clients out there who have implemented an ERP system recently and you're like, well, there's still, there's still work to be done. It didn't automate everything. Um, there is, uh, maybe, maybe we can find some articles on it uh, in some of the coming sessions uh, because there's a lot of opportunity uh, for some of our technology vendors uh, who sometimes they already have kind of out of the box solutions for solving for some of these ERP uh, opportunities that exist kind of post-implementation is what I'd call it. Also finishing up a proof of concept for a company. What they're needing to do is automate the process for how they send documents to customers. It's a very simple process, but this is going to save a lot of time, a lot of effort, and it's gonna help their uh, end clients get the documentation that they need faster. And so that's something else I'll, I'll be working on and the final thing, uh, finishing up a proposal uh, for a proof of concept for a company who wants to use bots to streamline their uh, customer complaints process, but also to provide a lot more transparency to customers as to the status of a complaint, uh, where, where we're at in the resolution process. You know, and as a customer, that's what we all, that's half the battle, right, is uh, we just want to stay informed about where our complaint is. And as a uh, company that wants to provide the best service, that's a competitive advantage a lot of times uh, over what competition uh, can provide. You know, no company is going to be perfect. You're going to have complaints. The key is to make sure that your customer stays informed and it gets resolved in a timely fashion. And so uh, got a good plan, uh, putting together a good plan uh, to solve for that for one potential client as well. So a lot going on in our space. Uh, what about yourself, Howard? Oh, yeah, I had a pretty interesting week. It was a different week for me, but I'm um, going back to some of your highlights. Um, I'm sure in the ERP automation, we can go back to uh, our friends at UiPath for that. And then in terms of the automation of the complaints and that type of customer support activity, I really think companies are missing the boat. They need to lean in on these types of things. And it's a real way to make what might be a negative, a real positive in terms of being able to respond to that well, it, it, it's really a way to turn it around. And you know, most customers understand that everything's not gonna go right all the time, but how you handle that really separates you from your competition. So anyways, good stuff. Um, yeah, so for me, it was a different kind of week. I was out in Las Vegas again last week. I've gone, gone to Vegas twice in April. I think I'm good for you know at least the next six months now, but I was out at a big trade show called the NAB, it's a National Association of Broadcasters show, used to attract 90 to 100,000 people uh, for a show. It had like 55,000 people at the show, so it was a good one. And really there's a lot of vendors that supply the uh, broadcast media company type community, as well as multi-channel service operators that I, that I call on. So it's out there mostly talking about digital marketing for vendors that supply into that space, but that really cool to you know, check out the technology, but I'm actually getting off topic from digital transformation. So that was not the highlight of my week last week, but that was something that I, I, I focused on last week. 
in terms of maybe highlights for Valenta the past week, less for myself because I was really kind of laser focused on this one trade show. Um, I heard a lot about good activity for bots getting implemented uh, and, and deals getting signed uh, last month uh, from yourself as well as some other managing partners. Um, definitely saw some new staff augmentations uh, come through and get booked. Um, more accountants and bookkeepers and more assistants that are being customized for specific tasks to, in different departments. And, you know, the virtual assistants that we provide do way more than just, you know, a virtual assistant uh, managing a schedule or an email account. And they really can be trained to do things within a specific uh, role or department like HR, like real estate management, and the, the, and the possibilities are endless. Um, also, Valenta had a couple interesting blogs drop last, uh, last week, two interesting articles. One was titled How to Build a, an Accounting Bot in Five Easy Steps. And uh, that was very informative. And that's on the Valenta AI site. And then there was also one on digital marketing, which I thought was super interesting. And uh, it was about SEO. And it even has a joke in it. And uh, the joke goes something like this. Uh, hey, Jake, what's the best place to hide a dead body? Hide a dead body? I don't know. Page two of Google results. And that just <laughs> goes to show you why. SEO is so important, and uh, the article was pretty interesting, but SEO is important to every industry. But, uh, you know, those were kind of the highlights for me last week, kind of uh, all over the place, uh, like me sometimes. Um, I don't know. Um, that, uh, that, for me, is kind of a wrap, Jake. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no, no, it's a good joke. We have to come up with more jokes. Oh, I have another SEO joke, but you know what? I think I'm going to save it for another episode. Uh, Unless you want to hear it now. Do you really want to hear it now? I think we do. Yeah. Okay. So here's another SEO joke. Um, You know, you're really desperate when you're looking on page two of Google at Google search results. (laughs) There you go. Anyways, I didn't do that joke very well, but that's my second (laughs) corny SEO joke. So with that said, uh, this is a conclusion of our 2.0 weekly podcast. We will be back talking at you next week with more highlights from digital transformation and Valenta. Thank you very much. Thank you.